0: Five, four, three, two. One of the most common questions I get from bystanders when I exit the water after a dive. Is what did you find down there? My response is always I found myself. Yeah, it sounds preposterous, it sounds pretentious, and maybe even a little elitist, but it's true. At some point on every single dive, without fail, there is a little bit of me that is revealed to me on every single dive, it doesn't matter if it's a working dive, if it's a a pleasure dive, if I'm out with students, even in tactical dive situations or where I've done evidence recovery, if it's been a dive for a specific mission, every time I dive, I learn a little bit about me. And a lot of this is because for nearly 30 years, I've practiced meditation with every dive. And now maybe I didn't label it like that. But maybe it wasn't always a mind, uh, one of those mindful moments or a moment of mindfulness, but at some point, I learned something new about myself. Hey, this is Rob Anderson. I'm your host of One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior. And today, we're talking about adding in meditation and mindfulness into your dive. And as a veteran... As I've dealt with anxiety and PTSD and depression, learning more about myself and learning how to refocus, learning how to ground has been incredibly, incredibly useful. Now, I run workshops specifically on how to learn how to become more mindful in your diving. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit today, kind of give away a little bit of really not so much secrets but the techniques that I use for both myself and for my clients that I'm coaching and give you a little bit of that insight but I also want to invite you out to one of our weekends or what I've got coming up, guys check this out in fall of 2023 we're going to do a retreat that is specifically set around mindfulness, and it's going to be at the beautiful, the absolutely beautiful Trinity Springs in Pine, Idaho, and it's going to be three days of getting away, getting off the grid, not having cell phone, not having TV, and have an opportunity to really expand yourself, understand yourself, and we're using water to do it. Some more coming up on that later on. Hey, since one of the things I learned early on was that you don't need to be in the ocean or in a lake or in a pond to really experience those moments of mindfulness. And as a matter of fact, when I first began my diving career, I spent well over 100 hours in swimming pools, and I've talked about this time frame of being the my time frame of, of when I watch Band-Aids bounce across the bottom of the pool. And I've told the story before about how really that pool in Fort Dix, New Jersey, really helped me through some really difficult times. And so I've expanded that, and we've had the Breathe program. I now have a new program that I call Aquatic Awakening, and. That is really taking the lessons that I've learned out of Breathe, the lessons out of coaching, the lessons out of mindfulness, the lessons out of meditation, uh, neuro-linguistics, cognitive behavior, all of that stuff, and really helping someone heal through trauma, anxiety, depression, all those things that bury us down. And it's using water and specifically underwater techniques. So what I'm going to talk about today is something that I use with a lot of my clients and it's something that I use on my own on a very consistent basis. Even in my small pool in the backyard, that's only about three and a half feet deep and 22 feet long. This is how I recenter myself and how I ground and how I deal with anxiety, especially nights where I've had nightmares or nights that I just can't sleep because I am so freaking worked up. If I've got that insomnia going, the water is my space that I retreat to. And even now that the temperatures have dropped, I still haven't drained the pool because you know, you know, thank God for you know things like dry suits and seven mil suits. And yeah, it takes a little more effort to get into, but it is still an opportunity. So I'm waiting until like the last minute. I think finally this weekend, now the temperatures are dropping below freezing, I'm going to finally drain that pool out. But since you can practice underwater meditation in either indoors or outside in nature, the area really doesn't have to be very big. It doesn't have to be very long since the goal really is to not reach a specific destination. It's not like you get in the water and you have to move from a point A to a point B. As a matter of fact, one of the most useful underwater crawls that I do takes place in a 4x4 four four area. And if you look at if you look at like a competitive swimming pool where they've got swim lanes and they've got dive wells set up you know, in those dive wells, they've got four by four squares made out of tile, and that's a perfect area. Or if you're at a place where it's just swim lanes and you have access to be there with your scuba gear, you've got the the black tile that's laid up, laid out for those for those lanes. It's a perfect place because you're not. The goal is to not to go from one end of the pool to the next end of the pool. The goal is to not. If you're in the outdoor environment to not move from, you know, one side of the pond to the other side of the pond, you can literally do everything I'm talking about here in a small four by four area, whether it is outdoors in a pond, in a lake, even the ocean, or if it's in an indoor uh, shallow water pool. Now, I I like to get about eight to 15 feet down, but it it is, you know, it is possible to do it in a three and a half foot pool. And, and get the same results. And I do this with a lot of my clients, especially in the summertime. We'll do this exercise in a three and a half foot pool. So, it's uh, it, you know it's it's a great exercise. But you know again, since you can practice underwater meditation either indoors or outdoors, you don't have to have a, a huge area. You're not trying to reach that specific destination. Just you just need enough space to practice very intentional. Underwater movements. And in most of these cases, you're retracing your path. Now, I do recommend that you've got someone available as a safety to observe and keep you out of any potential hazards that might come up. I will oftentimes have, in a larger pool setting, four to five participants doing the exercises that I'm going to talk about Or I'll have one of my coaches on standby for safety. So again, you can find a swim lane. And the first thing that you want to do is align yourself with the tiles. Or if you're outdoors, find a shallow spot. 8 to 15 is where I like to work. If you want to be a little shallower, 3 to 5 is fine. But have an area that allows you to fin or pull yourself back and forth in anywhere between 4 feet to 20 feet, depending on your comfort level with the exercise. Now, the area that you want to pick, it should be free of current. So, ocean areas have got current, or rivers that have current, or anything like that. You want to avoid. You want to have an area that's free of current. Or if you're inside, you want to be free of other swimmers. You want to pick a place that's relatively peaceful because the goal in this is to find a little more peace and an area where you're not going to be disturbed and in some cases maybe maybe not even observed because swimming or diving meditation can look kind of strange to people who are unfamiliar with what you're doing. So when we do this at the YMCA or we do it at Napa Rec where we've got a deep water pool and a lot of people watching, I will tell my other divers, hey, this is what's taking place. If you see someone sitting still and just blowing bubbles, don't come up and try to do a rescue. Don't start shaking them or anything like that because they're doing an underwater meditation. And that's why a lot of times I'll assign a coach or a dive master or even myself so they can watch that activity taking place. But honestly, for the most part, no one's going to really know what you're doing. And they're going to be thinking that you're just practicing your scuba skills or if you're You know, if you're in the lake or whatever, that you're just observing aquatic life. For those cases where it's indoor, for indoor pool meditation, what I do or what I have my participants practice is to get aligned with that swim lane. If we're working in a place where we've got swim lanes, uh, get aligned so that you are, your body is in alignment With that black tile, and you can feel each tile as you move forward. Now, again, the the purpose is not to get to a a destination. I always tell my divers, don't feel like you have to get to the end of the pool or to the other side. You know, if you're swimming from side to side and you've got the swim lane in there, don't feel and don't focus on getting from one side to the other because that's going to totally disrupt the exercise now oftentimes when I do this or my participants I will do it without a mask we might use a blackout mask or just might close your eyes you want to make sure that you pause and breathe and it's tempting what I have found even for myself it's tempting to feel only the title, the uh, tiles that are in front of each other because we want to have that forward progression. Go ahead and take the time to feel the tiles and move left to right, right to left, feeling those tiles, and then advancing forward. Take time to feel the tiles, go around each little square, and your focus is on that tile it's easy to think that this exercise is about moving from end to end or from side to side and it's really more about being in the moment it's more about not having a destination it's about being where you are again take time to move left and right back and forth feeling each tile. You can also do this exercise outdoors, again in a pond, a lake, or an ocean area. What I do is I find a small area that has rocks or debris that I can touch. One of my favorite spots is in an area where there's underwater springs. And what I can do, whether eyes closed or not, I can move along that spring feeling the differences between the hot spots and the cold spots. And I focus on that. I focus on just where the hot spot is, trying to stay a little warmer. It feels really good in my body. Another area is a floating dock where what I do is I move down the chain to the anchor point. Feeling each link in the chain feeling how each link is different how either rust or aquatic life has bonded to that chain and as i move down that chain i take in every single thing that it feels i really focus on how that chain feels then i'll get down to the anchor and there happens to be a cable that links to another anchor point and so I'll move, along. I'll move along that cable to the other anchor point, and I'll either return back to the original anchor point, or I'll move up the chain to complete the exercise. I also have an area where there is a boat that has been sunk for divers. And oftentimes what I'll do is I'll go down to that boat, and I'll close my eyes, and I work my way around that boat it's only about an 18 foot it's only about an 18 foot boat and i'll work my way i'll start at the stern work my way along the side all the way up to the bow feel the point of the bow and then begin working back towards the stern of the boat and i'll feel all the different things of along of it the, the railing the windshield the cleats. I'll, I'll just take in all of that. And when my mind starts to drift to something else, I focus back on what I'm feeling. And then when I get back to the end, you know, then I'll open my eyes or put my mask back on or, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing with that exercise. Underwater swimming while doing meditation involves very Deliberately thinking about and doing a series of actions that you would normally do automatically. You would normally just kick your fins along. You would normally, uh, you know, just swimming, be swimming along. But slowing down really helps you take things in and being in that moment. And breaking the steps down in your mind may feel it's it's going to feel awkward and it, it might even feel ridiculous, especially if you think. Others are watching. It feels it feels kind of weird at first, but you really kind of get into the groove of it. And when you do it, you should try to notice at least two basic components. And those basic components really break down to these. It's the feeling of your hand moving across the tactile surface, whether it's a rock, whether it's sand, whether it's tile, whether it's the hot spring, whether it's the side of a boat. Take the moment and let your hand move across that tactile surface. And then just a slight kick of your fins to move you forward or adjust your alignment. When you're ready, you turn around and you move back in the opposite direction to the other end of the lane. When you get there, you pause and you breathe and really be conscious of that breath. A lot of times I'll get get asked, well, how fast should you do it? Or I'll watch, I'll watch a participant really, you know, kind of like motor through it. It's like they got to get it done. They got to get it over with. And that is part of why we do this is the opportunity to slow down. When you slow down, you have an opportunity to take in more of what's around you. If you can learn to do this in a pool or if you can learn to do it in a small area of a pond or a lake or a small section of of the ocean, what will happen is you'll begin to slow down and you're going to start seeing more aquatic life on your other dives or even on that dive because you're learning to slow your roll. And when you slow down, you can see more. If you look at Mindful-based stress reduction from Kabat Zen. That's really designed for walking meditation, but it transfers over to what we're talking about here. And when, when you're doing walking meditation, each movement is slow and involves taking very small steps. So during this exercise, you want to do deliberate fin kicks. Doing frog kicks or modified frog kicks works really well this exercise one is if you can slow down and make deliberate frog kick actions your frog kicks will actually get better as you swim your attention should be focused on one or more sensations that normally you wouldn't notice so when i do this i will focus on my breathing pattern and how each breath coming in and out of my body and the sounds that the bubbles make, how it might tickle my face. And, you know, I've been diving long enough that I don't notice the bubbles going by my face. It's just part of diving, right? We, You know, if you're an experienced diver, if you've been scuba diving for a long time, you, you tend to forget about that. And it wasn't until, I guess it was a couple of years ago, when I was working with someone in their first day in the pool, they kept laughing because the bubbles were tickling in their face. I thought, wow, that's, man, to have that newness as a diver again, where you notice those little things like the bubbles tickling your face, I love that about diving, that newness about diving. And so I started paying attention to that, and now when I focus on it, it's, it's fun. I mean, what other environment can you be in that you have bubbles tickle you in the face? I mean, it's, it's kind of childlike, right? But it's, it's really kind of fun. Focus on the sound that the bubbles make. Notice the movement that your fins, both when you propel and when you're stationary. Do do they cause your feet to drift upward? Are they heavy? Do they contact the bottom? Focus on all those things that maybe you have forgotten about. Focus on the feel of each tile. Focus on the feel of the rock that your hands touch. We were up at Trinity Pines this last week, and I was doing some breath hold work. What I noticed that there are some rocks that tend to attract algae more than other rocks. And just the the texture and how it feels. So start noticing little things like that. What you're going to find is that your mind is going to want to wander. When it does this, you're going to want to refocus on the tactile surface. You're going to want to focus on your breath. A lot of times I'll focus on breath. I'll bring myself back into breath or I'll bring myself back into feeling that tactile surf, uh, surface. And what you're going to find is that with time and discipline, your focus periods are going to get longer and longer your mind's not going to drift off as quickly as what it did before. What's really cool is you can integrate this practice on every single dive that you do. I often add this into my routine when I'm setting up an anchor point for a dive float for a class or maybe when I'm out setting up an underwater event. So some of our events, I might be placing, you know, cars out there, right, for our cars dive Or you've been mugged. I'll be placing mugs out there. And I can take a moment while I'm doing this because it's frantic, right? I get out to the dive site. I've got just a limited amount of time before divers get out there. So I've got to go set up, you know, little cars or mugs or, you know, whatever it is that I'm setting up out there for our divers to search or I'm setting up exercises for them to do if we're doing a, uh, you know, a a diving challenge or anything like that. So my world is already frantic, but I've got to be in the moment. In just a little bit, so I can give a good dive briefing. I can make sure that my divers are safe, that they have fun at the event, and I can't be all frazzled. So at those end of those dives, I will take time for me. No matter how rushed I am, I have to take a few moments for me. I mean, you can integrate this because, I mean, you, you've already got three minutes where if you're on a shot line, you know, you can do things like feel the texture of a rope or you can close your eyes and focus on your breath. Many times I, as I'm diving, I'll find an area that, that sits at 15 feet. I'll take my mask off, clip it off to myself, and then just feel the rocks because I know I've got to do that safety stop anyway, right? So t- that gives me three minutes built in for meditation and mindfulness, and I can do that on every single dive. This last year down at Rotan when finishing up on what was just an incredible dive. My safety stop allowed me an opportunity to just stop and breathe. So I got my SMB out. It's already tethered off to my finger reel. I float it up. I'm at 15 feet. I float my SMB reel. And then I just gently hold on to the finger reel. And as the SMB is bobbing, and I'm swaying in the water I have an opportunity to close my eyes as I'm holding onto the line and I focus completely on that feeling of swaying in the water and as a combination of my breath and the surge of the water as it rocked my body it, it became a totally different experience anytime my mind would wander I'd refocus on my breathing I completed that dive and boarded the boat with only what I could explain as an out of body experience. I was literally watching myself hanging onto my SMB. That was the cherry on an already great piece of cake on a dive. Learning to meditate underwater and become mindful during the dive at some point enhances that experience and allows you to grow as a diver and a person. All the classes that I do, whether it's open water or advanced or master scuba diver or, or dive coaching, I make sure to include meditation and mindfulness as part of that experience. It makes us better divers, it makes us better people, it puts us in contact and be one with the water instead of fighting against the water. Make sure that you're making space in your dives. Whether it's, it's at the beginning of the dive and you're at the surface and you're waiting for your buddy to gear up and get in. Or if it's at the very end and you're doing your safety stop. Make sure that you make room to really relax. Become mindful and enjoy the lifestyle of being underwater. Remember, as long as you've got air, you are all right.